Good morning, my lovely jubblies. I hope you're all doing fantastically well. Today, we're jumping into episode 216 on the RR Show. Today, we're jumping into a little bit of r slash I don't work here, lady. And our first story, once you have your tea and your popcorn ready, is from Whip Solo. It's not even the wedding yet, and my wife is kicking people in the face. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Alright, so my best friend is finally getting married. As the best man, I am way far behind on things, such as getting my own formal wear tailored, as I've lost a ton of weight over the past year. Also, being Valentine's Day, the wife and I decided to go to the appointment at the local shop together before grabbing some wings and a beer for happy hour. As I'm standing in the mini funhouse of mirrors, with what appears to be a 207-year-old Asian lady controlling my every move, only saying, no, 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 every time I even shift my weight, I hear a man, roughly 6 foot 200 pounds, saying excuse me over and over again. Assuming he's looking for another member of staff, the three of us ignore him entirely. Finally, after the third or fourth, uh, excuse me, the guy screams, are you effing deaf? As he grabs my wife's arm and spins her around violently. Now, my wife is 5 foot and about 105 pounds. However, being the daughter of a retired USAF colonel and current agent of the alphabet gang and retired navy lieutenant herself my wife has years of training in a few schools of martial arts such as krav maga and taekwondo as this man spun her around and towered over her she elbowed him in the diaphragm and firmly but gently pushed him back away from her while stating i don't work here and keep your hands off me Having God knows how many needles and such all throughout my inner thigh and nether regions, I wasn't really able to move. So I did the next best thing and attempted to tell the guy to fuck off and leave my wife alone. Before I could get the words out, however, old boy had decided to charge at my wife in a full fighting stance. With nothing else really to do, wife took a half step back into a stance I'm used to seeing on Saturday mornings as I meander into the basement with a cup of coffee. As dude draws back a punch, leaning all his weight into it, wife spins, and as she comes back around, the Doc Martin she's wearing connects with the side of the guy's face, full tread pattern. Unlike in the movies, he didn't go flying through the air spinning, his trajectory immediately changed to that of a crashing aeroplane. Fully unconscious, dude turned into one of those circular racks of clothing, almost completely disappearing inside. Finally, another member of staff comes running, saying the police are on their way. It took about three minutes for the police to arrive, and as they walked in, dude was just finding his way out of the tangle of expensive dress clothes I thought would be his tomb. 
With statements from myself, the two staff, and finally cameras, Dude not only found himself with a shattered orbital and a few broken teeth, but he was handcuffed to the gurney as they loaded him into an ambulance. I swear, I can't take her anywhere. And just as I am literally thinking, geez, just send the video, we want to see the video, I realize all of the comments, all of them are to the, to the sound of, send the video, send the video. Well, I'm afraid, guys, I have looked. I cannot find the video. Uh, it's not up yet. Next story is, though, which is from Angel... Angel Angel in a Mercer. There we go. Brain's a bit slow this morning. Nice lady at the store takes advantage of my beauty guru skills. Hello, everyone. Finally, I have a story to share here, and I am so excited. Not such a juicy Karen's get their ass kicked, arrested, divorced, lost custody, and sentenced for life kind of story, but still... I hope this makes it to YouTube or something so I can send it to my friends, Lamau. Okay, so I work as a software engineer. Our company has a small office at a like skyscraper plaza that is directly connected to a huge shopping mall. It's usually where us corporate slaves go to get our lunches. And I also like to spend my breaks walking around the mall. It helps me take a breather away from the stuffy office air. And it's good for waking me up. Seriously, fellow corporate slaves, take a walk during the breaks if you have a falling asleep during your shift problem. Also, try to replace it with water if it's already your fourth cup of coffee for the day. But I mainly like these walks because I can do some window shopping and plan for whatever unnecessary things I'm going to buy for the end of the month when I get my paycheck. So that my uncooked chicken-ass wrinkleless brain can squeeze out the tiniest drop of dopamine juice and I can finally feel something. And again, on one of these lovely days, just a few hours before I have to meet with the IT team of a client bank that generally likes to set up four-hour meetings, and no pee breaks, I decided I'd take another one of these walks and visit a beauty store. Now, I'm not really sure if this type of store exists outside my country, but it's basically a supermarket only for makeup and other beauty products, so it's the main place to go if you need something of that sort. I'm also dressed very businesswoman, <laughs> straight out of the dark academia Pinterest board, but with a little touch of grunge and e-girl fashion influence on it. I'm really showing my age here, but dear readers, I promise I am a very serious businesswoman and do serious business with very serious business clients. I just like to add a bit of self-expression into every outfit, with the accessories and the makeup and other small details, even if it is for work. But at the end of the day, I'm wearing a shirt, a blazer, and work pants, basically. Well, while I'm browsing the store for something that can help me replicate the mermaid core looks I found on TikTok, I suddenly hear a middle-aged lady call out to me with a meek voice asking for help. Now, I know I talk big, but I really am no makeup expert. My major was computer science and engineering, where five out of every three person enrolled was male. During my studies, sometimes I would see a girl in the mirror, which was me, and get a jump scare because I hadn't seen a girl in so long. But ever since I graduated and started working full-time, I've been trying to re-explore the feminine side of myself, and I've been watching all kinds of beauty gurus, style experts, makeup reviews, and, and get-ready-with-me videos, so I know a thing or two. And this lady seemed really confused about a lot of things. 
She was holding two different blush colors and asked for testers. Nobody in the country has put out any testers since March 2020. I told her they don't make testers anymore and her best bet was to search the brand online and see if any influencers made a review with swatches. She looked sad. I took a peek in her basket and there was another mess going on in there. She had a Maybelline burgundy bar and a few different lipstick colors, which were mostly cool-toned, all sharp reds and pinks, and she was a very warm-toned person with a goldenish glow to her. Honestly, when she heard the no testers, she looked so meek and small and sad that I had to help her. Firstly, I talked her out of buying any Maybelline eyeshadow palette ever because they are flaky and unpigmented. Then I researched online to show her blush colors for certain brands that I know are good quality, which was definitely not the ones she was holding on to at first. I also advised her to pick lipstick colors to match the blushes or else she'd look like a mess. I basically took her around the store to build her a beginner makeup kit with all of the essentials considering her skin type and her general color complexion. When we were done, she looked so happy that she insisted she take me to the cashier for my commission. At this point, I'm thinking she must be a foreigner. No store like this in our country has ever had a culture of giving commission to employees. Well, that's when my brain finally computed. She didn't ask for my help because my highlighter looked bomb or anything. She thought I worked there. The staff does have a uniform, but it's likely that my outfit made me seem like a manager. Well, damn. I really don't work here, but by now, I'm in too deep and way too embarrassed to tell her. Also, I'm going to have to skip my one last pee break before the four-hour meeting starts if I don't want to be late. I just mumble something incoherent, and before she can say she couldn't hear me, I duck away. Thankfully, the store was very crowded. I made it in time for my very serious meeting with very serious clients, and my bladder did not explode that day. Most important thing here is that, as someone who had struggled with internalized misogyny for years, I'm really happy I was able to help someone out who looked as sad as she did, just with the help of my traditionally feminine side. It feels nice. To quote Daphne Blake from Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, I enjoy being a girl. You know what? Seeing as they wanted it on YouTube, I will put this one on YouTube. I will make one of our YouTube videos for it. If you haven't already, you most definitely should go and check out our YouTube channel. We do different stories over there from the ones on the podcast, except for this one, but we do them slightly differently. So go check it out. You'll see this story over there. Hopefully by the time this podcast goes out, you'll be able to see how we do the videos slightly differently to how we do the podcast. But we have a YouTube. There's unique content over there, video content, and you should go check it out. Why haven't you yet? Come on, go, 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 go. Anyway, next story. Which is in from Acrolopede. Ma'am, I assure you, I am the administrator here. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I have debated on sharing this, as there's no way I or my site can be identified, but the environment in which it occurred has a very hush-hush reputation. 
For about 10 years, I worked in community-based mental health and social work, specifically as a member of staff and then a manager and then administrator of two residential long-term recovery care facilities for folks with long-term severe and persistent mental illness. We were somewhere between a halfway house and an adult foster care facility. Homes and communities converted to have six or a dozen or more bedrooms, a kitchen, living room and office space for staff and med pass. I was in my mid-twenties, and the thing about the scene is that the average turnover for staff is eight weeks. Most staff burn out as working day in, day out with difficult residents isn't the easiest job and the pay isn't great. Just lasting a year pretty much makes you management material, and I did it for almost a decade. So, that by the time I was 27, I was the admin of two sites and managed most of the touring, admissions, intake, and discipline, you know, like write-ups and evictions. Not everyone takes the kid in the blue jeans and Mastodon t-shirt very seriously, which was fine by me. So our story begins here. I did your usual admission tour with a mum and her son. As she was trying to get him out of her own home as he was smoking a lot of pot, drinking nearly every night to blackout drunk, and just generally being verbally and physically abusive to her and their family. We have a lot of rules about living in community with other folk in recovery and both my homes were dry housing. No alcohol, no weed, no prescription drugs unless they were passed by staff at set med times. No getting drunk and coming home to sleep it off, etc. There was also pretty strict rules about how you treat the other residents for obvious reasons. During the tour, the son is already being abusive towards his mother and rude to me and my house manager, the guy who reported to me and handled some of the day-to-day stuff while I was at the other site. My house manager, Lars, not his real name, was a little older, probably mid-50s at the time. A little taller than me, and he had that cool dad quality that I needed in a house manager, since I had to be the hard-ass, these are the rules you must abide by type. It helped to have someone who was a little more friendly, who could be the good cop, and soften the blow while still saying, hey, Acralo's the boss, if residents didn't like something. Mum took an instant liking to Lars as we went through the tour and it was pretty obvious by the end of the tour and start of the interview that she thought he was the admin and I was just some staff, as she was ignoring some of my questions to her and her son during the tour. We did the interview in a private living room setting, where the potential resident told me straight up he wasn't planning on quitting drinking, smoking pot and committing various petty crimes, which pretty much tanked any chance he'd have at residency. Lars played the usual good cop while we made notes and did follow-up questions. And mum seemed to have the idea that her son was a shoe-in since the house took in addicts and adult delinquents and dealt with them and all that. I had made a few statements about proper behaviour in the community and residents that mum seemed to laugh at. Oh, he's not going to clean his room once a week. He's not going to do his chores. I guess you'll have to do that for him. She had that weird, smug air of superiority. Until we went back to my office to wrap up, and she watched me as I took my seat behind the big desk. "Uh, Hang on, what are you doing? Why are you sitting in his, gesturing at Lars, who's in another chair next to my desk, seat? I'm not, I'm sitting in my seat. This is my desk, my office. I'm the admin here. No, you aren't, you're just some staff. Lars is in charge. This decision's up to him, and he's going to let my son move in this week. Ma'am, I assure you, I'm the administrator here. Your son won't be able to move in this week. I don't have any open beds at this time and don't anticipate an empty bed until at least two months from now. 
and I already have a wait list of about a dozen folk, all of whom showed better manners and seemed more than capable of following some basic rules about respecting their peers in the house here. Shit popped off. I'm not sure where she got the idea that we'd just be able to move her kid in and move someone else out of the room they had. What was even weirder, she hadn't started any of the paperwork to get her son considered for disability. He didn't even have a proper diagnosis of any sort of severe persistent mental illness, which was usually required to get on disability and, by extension, the state fed health insurance that paid for their housing. I'm not even sure why our director scheduled the tour and interview, given there were about a dozen missing pieces of paperwork necessary for him to be considered for housing. It got worse from there, and the play-by-play boiled down to her refusing to believe someone about her son's age was the head of the site, answering only to the tri-country residential director for the agency, and then the treatment director and CEO. Meanwhile, the son is brooding, kind of quiet, as he's realizing that he'll probably be living at home with his mum for a while longer, and wouldn't be getting away from her to a new place where he'd be able to get away with drinking and smoking and behaving poorly. She wound up lodging a formal complaint, which kind of melted away when Lars backed up my side of the events. He was the good cop, not the stupid cop, and he didn't want someone this difficult in the house either. There are a few of these interactions each year, mums and dads or grandparents or guardians, who thought we were some sort of not-quite-jail where they just dropped off the kids they failed to raise properly. I don't say that to shit on individuals with true, severe, or persistent mental health issues, and obviously some of these folk had issues. But it was always a weird blend of sad and frustrating when these parents seemed to think we'd just move them in that afternoon without any thorough vetting process. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do, too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. 
In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.